previously on the Gilded Age, Dashiell proposed to Marion in the middle of the park with everyone there, and she said yes. Also, Oscar invested a lot of money into this railroad company that Maud Beaton's people are involved with. And sadly, our boy the Reverend Forte has cancer. It's not looking great. So how will things go this week in the second to last episode of season two? Let's find out on the Lord of Grantham podcast. You hear the clock ticking, tick time. You about to stop living, tick time. I want you to remember me, tick time. But the day don't have no memory. I'm coming. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can hold me. And we are back with two episodes left of season two of the Gilded Age. Corey, what is going on? Not much, Dave. We just well, we got two episodes, but this is one of those two. So we're almost there. If you're doing math at home. That's true, and I know we were worried about whether or not we'd have room for uh, Jim Carter's <laughs> big cinematic return as Abacus Crunch in Wonka, but by the looks of things, I think it'll line up perfectly. Yeah, that'll be a Christmas special. We, we watch Wonka. If you all want us to watch Wonka, that is. You know, I think we've talked about it before over the past couple of weeks of what our next steps are after. Mm-hmm. Gilded Age, because Belgravia returns, as we said. <laughs> That's right, early January. January. So usually we kind of do an immediate season breakdown, mm-hmm. power rankings. I think since we do have a little grace period, we're not driving, diving headfirst into the crown yeah. for those le- listening that are deep in our Lord of Grantham lore. So maybe maybe we do Wonka, then between Christmas and New Year's we do our little breakdown of the season, and then we maybe a few classics. Yeah. We'll see. We'll but see I mean, what time gives us. Let's not get uh, too ahead of ourselves. Ahead of ourselves. We have We're two in the more. Thick of the Gilded Age. The thick. This is the thickest of the thick. Yeah. This is. We say Julian likes happy and sad. This is Julian mm-hmm. punching us in the face. This episode. One hundred percent. Before we get into it, do we have any any news? Well, they announced the Golden Globe nominations, Dave. And uh, did I just combine the word today and Dave? Today, Dave. Yes. Yeah. Well, they announced them. They announced them today, Dave. And uh, of the shows that we watch, of course, The Crown was nominated. It's com- competing against uh, on television series drama. Nineteen twenty three. I think it's a spinoff of Yellowstone. The Diplomat on Netflix. Uh, the Last of Us. The Morning Show and Succession. Uh, so it's going to lose the Succession. I, I believe so. I mean. Everyone who's watched The Crown knows that was probably one of the weaker seasons of the the show. Because I mean, it was the last season that would be in this contention, right? Yeah, from last year. So and uh, Mohammed Al Fayed. I think it just goes stuff. back to uh, Netflix's deep pockets, and when you're a prestige drama, they will push you. I would have. I mean, it's not quite a com- like a comedy, but I'd say Bridgerton. Uh, story. Queen Charlotte. Queen Charlotte's a better drama than The Crown from last season. Fight us on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Dominic West nominated Imelda Staunton, nominated Elizabeth Debicki. She also got a nomination. So it goes with the crown and all that business. But no Gilded Age. Well, that was 2021, right? So right. That was the year not, before. So next year, Gilded Age could be eligible. Is Gilded Age the best drama, Dave, or the best comedy on TV? Oh, boy. Ask ask our New York Times writers. They, or, or CNN writers? Or CNN, yeah. Not New York. Oh, boy. <laughs> sorry. Well, over the we're, wrong sal- we're salty they didn't quote both of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... No, I'd, I'd say Gilded Age is drama because we do get a lot of drama this episode, Dave. If Succession is drama and Succession is made by Will Ferrell. And then it's a comedy uh, a lot of the times too. So. Yeah, exactly. In this episode, Dave, it's called... Wonders Never Cease. Is that ever so true? 
Is it though? <laughs> so I mentioned it last week, but this week is one of the episodes that was co-written with uh, Sonia Warfield. So it's not just Julian's input okay. on this episode. Uh, did you feel the presence of another another writer, Dave, knowing that there was one this time? I didn't think about it. Okay. <laughs> but I think uh, knowing who his second writer is, you can mm-hmm. tell exactly where she... Right. As, as we so. said last week, she's a female person of color. So obviously, Julian, I'm sure, is quite out of its depth when it comes to T. Thomas Fortune and mm-hmm. uh, Peggy Scott. And it definitely does feel more specific where the, what they get into with their storyline this week. And we can talk about that one right now. Yeah, sure. The storyline is continuing from last week where they are looking to publish articles about the school system, how the Board of Education wants to shut down these schools uh, for people of color, or um, I, I think that's how they define it, or do they say just black people in this episode? I think they say black people. In the yeah, yeah, they're, they are, yeah, they're not as forward yet. Uh, they got another, I mean, they're more forward. They're just not as inclusive. Yes. Uh, so they uh, need more educators to increase the people and enroll white kids, which would help put their case forward that, hey, we have students here that are worthwhile. Don't you care about them? Give us funding. Yeah, and this it doesn't go over well because we see this in multiple facets of this episode that like, if white men don't condone of something, mm-hmm. it's no good. And not necessarily white men in the education situation, but whites. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they approach Peggy and, and Thomas Fortune about maybe doing articles for it. But Peggy says, hey, I got an idea. I, I said, oh, no. <laughs> I had the Out same loud. reaction. Uh, so, uh, and you viewers probably had the same idea. Like, oh, okay. So, we've seen Marion teaching this year. Teacher. Where's Dash? Yeah. Dash pops in right at this moment and says, you're not a real teacher. <laughs> yeah. We're right there with you, Dashel. Um, but, yeah. Peggy uh, brings in... Uh, well, she brings in Marion to talk to them about convincing like more people, white people, to teach at the school or attend the school. Um, and in between all this, Peggy's parents are telling like her, Peggy, how proud they are. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but A little slip up about uh, the other uh, third reporter that went to Tuskegee with them. Oh, with TTF right. and uh, Peggy. Right. So that that's what I was getting at. They they ask her like. Oh yeah, we read that article with the two of you who are the writers. Was there anyone else involved? Humana, humana. Peggy's like, well, Mr. Fortune's got to go. He's he's <laughs> a nonfiction character. Yeah, we can't involve him too much in this. Nope. Uh, but yeah, Marion talks to the school curriculum. It seems like people are responsive to the idea. We even see uh, an Irishman, Patrick Ryan, I believe is his name, and he says, "I don't want ha- Dave. You do it by Irish accent. He's not that, not that heavy of an Irish accent. I'm not. I'm not gonna." You're, you know, bring down my my people. Okay, <laughs> on this, but you know, there's a the Irish are being persecuted as well in mm-hmm. this time in New York City. They right. can't their kids can't find a good education. So the Irish, you know, the greatest team up in history. Yeah, <laughs> black but, Irish. Yeah, because they just see them as railway workers or just immigrants. They don't want to have them advance. So. Yeah, they have a teacher there, and they're thinking like, "Well, we can have more white people, even if they are Irish." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which, Dave, how do you respond to that? It's the sign of the times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like to think that Julian is very sympathetic to the Irish because <laughs> he's always looking them through at them through sympathetic terms. Like, man, they are just not winning any of these. Rough, yeah, rough go for Tom Branson. <laughs> yeah, rough go for all your Irish. But people. they can get ahead with opportunities such as these. He's probably just happy to write for a European character, even if it was for three lines. Uh, that, that is true. 
so yeah, they're going to recruit more white people. And so there's optimism that they'll be able to make something of it. And as you said, Dave, there's more of the parents this episode where they're like, Peggy, do you want to come over and see us? And she's like, I can walk over the bridge and see y'all. <laughs> yeah, soon enough. The bridge is the big theme this week. As, yeah, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, that is. Yeah. Uh, but back at the writing center, uh, they're kind of celebrating like, hey, we have a new story we can we can talk about for a few goes where you know they emphasize the plight of the Irish and tie it in with the blacks. And so they tweet Thomas Fortune, pours her whiskey, and they're grinning at each other. But he gives her those uh, those eyes. Oh, yeah. The, well, the Nala eyes, as you would. Yeah. So if anyone's seen The Lion King, there's they a. Know. The, well, I don't think everyone knows. There's the scene though where Simba becomes a man. <laughs> Nala finds him for the first time. <laughs> yeah, he becomes a lion. He comes from a. a, a, a Jonathan Taylor Thomas to Matthew Broderick. Yep. What you, a cub. He goes from a cub to a lion. A boy to a man. Yeah. And so Nala is suddenly a woman, and they're rolling in the, the grass, and they're tussling in the grass, and then she lowers her face and gives these suggesting eyes. And then T. Thomas is like, hey, baby. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and T. Thomas Fortune are both like, hey, baby. And Peggy's like, you're married, though. I can't, I can't go for that. Um, and she's like, I've got to go. He's like, I can help hail you a cab. And she's like, no. No, I'm good with you, freak. <laughs> hey, I don't know about freak. He's just... Once in a week, maybe, with the, someone he's not married to. Eh. Um, so, anyways, we do see uh, P- Peggy on the rooftop at the end of this episode with her parents. Yeah, trying to introduce her to some nice man. Yeah, and it's nice to see her socializing with some friends who are having babies and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, they introduce her to another man, Isaiah. This is his first time I didn't copy his last name. But he's just a single man who seems nice enough. Yeah. But... Uh, her mom's like, why don't you like talk to more of these guys? What what's what about them? She's still in love. Yeah, she's hung up on this T. Thomas you, Fortune. You didn't tell me about another man because there was no other man. Yeah, uh, and he's a he's a real man who does exist in the real world, and we'll see if he actually actually gets with Peggy on the show, this fictional show. I mean, he. I hope not. I very much hope not. <laughs> we have one oh. more episode. I mean, also before we we. Go any deeper. There's a lot of speculation that this is going to get canceled. Really? On Reddit, there's a lot of people that are saying that Gilded Age is, is up for cancellation. I, you, and I don't think so. No. The numbers you, are... It's always like number two on HBO. At, it's always number one. If you go on Max, they don't have any other new content. So it is always the number one TV show on Max. So if they want to cancel it, be my guest. You're also then clowns and you deserve to be fired. Like, I think they already should be at Max mm-hmm. for what they've done with canceling other projects that were completed. Anyways, not, not our issue. Well, I mean, but, it is our issue if something happens, but we'll, we'll, I'm just we'll finance it. We'll kick ending, some money to Julian. Yeah, for, for the sake of this uh, story ending, I don't want one more episode where we're unsure about what Peggy. Yeah. You know, like, it's so kind of ups- not upsetting, but it's a little. <laughs> what, what if. It's the, a downer that Peggy's second season is so bland relative to her first season. Sure. But what if the cliffhanger is she actually hooks up with a real uh, person who existed? She goes back to Booker T. Washington. Oh, she goes. Yes. Yeah, pregnant by him. Yeah. Yeah. That's who she chooses ultimately. And then they just leave it at that. Like, yeah. And Julian just wipes the dust off his hands like. Oh, that was a job done there. And he does a trotter where she never had a child. <laughs> yeah. He just pretend that that happened. Uh, so, yeah, he just messes everything up in the cliffhanger of the series. Uh, we'll see about that next week, though. I, I hope not. I mean, justice for Peggy. That's something we need next season. Yeah. Well, let's t- tackle some low-hanging fruit. Monster Bourdain wants to go see some fireworks on oh, the baby. Brooklyn Bridge. Ba- baby, she's a firework. 
What's what's her name that he's going for? It's Miss Bruce. It's Bruce. Yes. There's so many people down there. Because I forgot this because they haven't said her name in weeks, but it is Miss Bruce. It is Miss Bruce. I think I memorized all the names from season one. It just stuck for the most part. Once we shook off the dust, you you got better with the name. Yeah, and they just go to watch fireworks together. They can't imagine a better view than this. It's the two of them on the rooftop. And I, I think that well, Borden says. Oh, I've got a plan. And you're like, oh, is he going to like sneak on? Is he going to be the first person to put his foot on the Brooklyn Bridge? Yeah. No. <laughs> he just goes to the roof. That's not a plan. Yeah, Borden's plan was actually to ride one of the fireworks off into the sky. <laughs> yeah. Like a- yeah. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, it's nice watching them watch the fireworks, having a good time. They could have given us a little bit more. They could have given him like maybe like wiggling his hips next to her. Be like, or put it, if you know what Downton did, which was one of the, the greatest shipping moments in the history of TV was... Mm. Carson and Hughes st- stepping into the ocean. Yeah. And she holds his hands, and in that moment, you're like, they got each other. Yeah. If you have Borden put his hand on Bruce's shoulder, something like, yeah, Bruce put her, hold Borden's hand. Yeah. We're also, there. Missed opportunity, because this guy's the chef. Have him have some food on the rooftop. What are they doing just standing up there? He could bring her up some food. They can have a little dining thing. And also, question, we had that the, him asking her out to a picnic a few weeks ago, we're just not getting that scene, I guess. Maybe it didn't happen because they're busy. I, I guess. I don't, don't know. don't have any free time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the thing. We're just supposed to be looking at this as if it happened in the past tense. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, they're just getting closer. You just don't see all of it. Yeah, I, yeah, that must be what it is. With then suddenly Miss Bruce is p- pregnant, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Borden's got, you know, the, wait, cook, the cook seed. Dave, when did the Brooklyn Bridge open? Can you look that up? Because the season opener, as we know, was Easter. And we know the season finale will be October. Really? That's the opening of the opera is October, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we know this is happening over a compressed five to six months this season. And Brooklyn Bridge is May. So we just, so theoretically, if they're following actual history, the events of the show has taken place over the course of about a month and a half, given whenever Easter took place in the early 1880s. Uh, yeah, so if Easter's April, you're telling well, us what, this whole season is six weeks? Do we have Google's technology to tell us when Easter was in April of 1883? Let's find e- out. E- Easter, sorry, listeners, if this is a sidetrack, but I want to know how long the season is in terms it of... It must be a year and change, because we had the summer in Newport. Oh, so you're saying maybe yeah, Easter... I think this was. I think it started in 1880, right? Hold on, this, I got a Wikipedia. Vamp a little bit. What do we got to talk? Okay, because like about we'd be losing a whole year. Well, I just need to know because this also figures into if Larry got uh, Miss oh, Blaine pregnant mm-hmm. too. Because we've been harping like they got to bring her back. They can't just leave that up in the air. Uh, but then again, if it's only been four weeks, I don't know. What does it say, Dave? Easter eighteen eighty three. I'm not looking up Easter eighteen eighty three. I'm just trying to look up when the season <laughs> takes place. 1883 is the beginning of season two. And so we are a couple. It's Easter. It's early spring. So. Okay. So April. A month or two. Late March, early April. Yeesh. Okay. So, yeah, this has been a busy couple months for them, too. uh, For everyone. Um, Yeah. So did we, did they go on a picnic? (laughs) Borden and Bruce. That's the question. Um, I mean, it's May. So it might still be a little chilly during the day. Yeah. And the climates were cooler in the 1800s. 
But let's That's not. True. Let's not. Uh, Enough time on that. I think we got more out of that than the show got out of uh, Bruce and Borden. Oh, yeah, definitely more minutes per discussion. Uh, Watson, let's talk about him. We I alluded to it. Oh yes, yes. Uh, Young Miss McNeil, Mrs. McNeil, mm-hmm. comes a knocking, and I think Julian just didn't want to have to address this in the last episode. <laughs> they just didn't have enough time, I guess. So he just, and this, and you make sense because this episode is pretty short, actually, relative to the rest of the season. Like Fifty minutes with the credits in the last time. So you see what Julian was doing. He was just like, "Well, insert this into next week when I don't have much material to work with." Uh huh. We'll we'll pump it up. But as you said, daughter Flora is looking for for Watson, and we were right. I mean, the funny thing is, her early looks were frustration that her dad was there. It didn't seem like she really wanted to connect with him, but we do find. Watson was correct, and we were right. Mm-hmm. She wants him to stay. She wants him to stay, and not only does she want him to stay, but she wants him to retire, as he would if he moved to the West Coast, mm. but live life as a retired banker with a reputation in the city and be in the life of his daughter, her husband, and their kids. And when she explained this out, I was like, that explanation is so obvious. Why was this? did this take so long? Then I remembered... Right now, the season takes place over the course of a month. Yeah, so there's not prob- much time to process. <laughs> no, but it is a little frustrating with the storyline where for multiple weeks we saw Watson hemming and hawing on what to do, and we don't see where he goes as a character with that decision. It's just taken out of his hands. Yeah, and he kind of gets given the best opportunity without having to really address the seriousness of going to the West Coast. And I guess you could say he made his choice when he said, I know my daughter and she'll choose me. And I guess that was his choice. Or what? Yeah, well, so he, he just was said re- he wants to hear from her, right. called so he, his bluff. Right, so he was rewarded for that. But it is a little bit, like, I am curious which way he would have gone. Um, but we'll never know, because it doesn't matter. He's going to be happy, very happy. Uh, yeah, but do you think he's going to quit? Well, he says it's going to be the best. He's going to have a life after all. So what's his, in, because he... he Julian doesn't just send people off to high-rise apartments to be... I don't know. ...often doing nothing. He also I mean, doesn't work with Broadway actors all the time who have other commitments, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, he did in season one, and he brought most of them back. Mm. Uh, yes, it, well, I mean, maybe this is it for Watson to goodbye next week, and that's it for Collier. He's going to take his old name back, too. You wonder, too, around town, are they going to be like, hey, aren't you that guy who worked for George Russell at some point in time? And he's but like, no, no, you gotta give him wore this, a wig. Same excuse I give everyone. All us bald guys look alike. <laughs> it's very easy to confuse them. Uh, what other low hanging fruit do we have? Anything? But I'm, I am happy for Watson though, because at the end of that moment, he's so genuinely like. Because he, you can see his regret about everything that happened with his daughter this whole time. Mm-hmm. He's not like thrilled about it. He's no. upset with himself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where else should we? Go? We want to talk about Trotta? Yeah, let's talk about Trotta. <laughs> Uh, so there's a, there's a man who's going to meet with Trotta to talk about clocks. It's a friend of Bannister. Mm-hmm. He's, He's in a, a clock union or whatever, club. They make jokes about it. That's this German-originating uh, club, and I don't know how to say the name of that club. Is this the one they did last week where we we couldn't figure it? Whatever it is. Yeah, their clock club. And Armstrong is hovering in the background just being like, yeah, we'll see. All yeah. she does this episode is make snarky comments. I'm not a fan. She's a vain, or She's a jealous person. Uh, but they bring in the guy who. Watch also. Why does Bannister know this guy who's a clock guy? It's just so convenient. He's got a guy. He's got <laughs> a guy. Apparently, uh, I mean, he probably does, knowing that he runs this big old money house. That's true. You'd think though he would have a way to get out of the house, though, if he knows all these people, or unless he likes his job. Uh, I better pay as well. It's true. Old money. 
So he tells, so he shows his thing to the guy that he made by necessity of the escape wheel that you don't need oil. He just made a new wheel for it. This uh, guy's mind is blown. Also, again, this is over the course of a month. Jack Trotter, <laughs> inventor. Just imagine if you give him a year, what this guy's going to create. <laughs> I think isn't that his whole gimmick? Is like you'll never know what I'm capable of. I'm Trotter. Next year we come back and Gilded Age. There's digital clocks everywhere. <laughs> it's just Trotter <laughs> taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he uh, sends off to, to, be, to see about a membership to be, join the clock group after this guy. He, the guy says, I, I'll look into it and gets a letter in the mail. Trotter does the same exact look he had last episode, like a letter for me. Golly gee. Uh, yippee. Takes it, opens it, and he lets them know, hey, I'm part of the club now. They can consider my patent. Do you all have another $15? Yeah, I need to, <laughs> let me shake you down. Yeah. I mean, I, I was curious about that. So, does the patent review still hold if he's now part of the club? Does he have to pay again? Probably not, but I'm sure Agnes will cut all those people that get kicked in money last time will do it again. You think Agnes is going to help him out now? That's for later. But <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's Trotter the solution to their problems. <laughs> the, the only thing, <laughs> only thing saving everyone from uh, just the worst end possible is so Jack wheel. <laughs> yeah, oh. that'd be great if Julian's whole gimmick with the show is every downstairs character winds up upstairs. Because mm-hmm. we got Watson is now going to be a member of society again. Yeah, Turner, member of society. Yep. Who's next? Trotter. I mean, it's absolutely going to be Trotter. But who who follows Trotter? <laughs> Adelheid. Yeah, that's true. She gets out of there, finds a job somewhere else, and makes a name for herself. Uh. I feel like the remaining storylines are all pretty major ones, though. I, yeah, I feel like we can um, we can talk George and the unions first. That's a pretty oh, straightforward sure. one. Sure. So in his moment of of humanity, where he calls off the fighting, mm-hmm. we see that uh, production is back. Yep. Everything's going well, but as uh, his old boy Clay Clay says, the eight 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 kind of stinks, man. You're yep. making him a park. Mm-hmm. You're you're increased their pay. You're giving them medical benefits. Like, who do you think you are? And George is like, well, it's only for six months. Yeah, and it's only for natural born citizens. It's not for immigrants. So mm-hmm. I'm basically starting a war. <laughs> yeah, splitting them down the middle, so the craftsmen and the laborers will hate hate each other. Uh, he says, call for Henderson. That's the he's like, bring him back. I want to take a picture with him. <laughs> and Henderson's like, I know what you're doing, man. Yeah. It's pretty obvious to me, so we're going to have to renegotiate at some point. He's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. And he, he says to George, the only, re- only reason why I support those terms was because you were about to fire on all of us. I didn't want to die, brother, so I'm glad you spared and my I didn't life. want to kill you. But the thing is, George is keenly aware that, because he explains to Clay when Henderson leaves, well, the sympathy swung towards the strikers were, that were killed uh, elsewhere, so I was just trying to not do that by showing a moment of tenderness. Mm-hmm. Although we all know deep down... He's probably trying to be soft. He tells him this, maybe stay strong. We, uh, and we see uh, Bertha at one point says, they're like, oh, I'm so glad you didn't get hurt. When I mm-hmm. saw that, heard there were guns, I was so scared. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, but again, at the end of this episode, we see George talking to the rest of the uh, railway owners. And they're just frustrated because he's made it difficult for them. And he's like, look, I gave him a modest raise for six months and we didn't recognize the union. Nothing's changed effectively. Uh huh. And they'll be at each other's throats. Like, come on. We won. They did what was sensible for business. And they're like, but no. all the guys are like, no, no, no. 
You put them against us, man. <laughs> and they all get up and leave. Like, George Russell is not, they're like superior in every way. Yeah. All these surly looking men that I, George would f- murder if he punched him in the face. Is there any actual realistic resolve to the storyline within the season, or is it going to go on for another year? I think George. I think this is done. I think okay. we're done with this for the season. <laughs> we should just look up labor strikes and then contrast. Like, well, I don't know. They got another few years before it's over. But well, I'm the sure. Season- you, I'm sure the labor stuff because if, if it's six a six month time period is a good time period for us to return to next year and be like, well, remember that stuff. And, and clearly, we've established Henderson as this, yeah, strong willed man. So you know, anything is possible, I suppose. Yeah. Well, why don't we keep going through the Russell House? Uh, Bertha, she uh, gets some news from Master that, and this is the play because last week we saw McAllister fidgeting around with uh, Aster at the Van Ryan's house about mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to help you any more than I already have. <laughs> you got to think of something on your own, Aster. Like I got to buy a Duke. <laughs> I can't. There's only one Duke in town. <laughs> um, so Aster's plan is to pitch to uh, Bertha. You'll get the top, uh, 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 a box, box at the academy. You're at the top of the list. We we move people. Isn't this what you always wanted? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bertha's, she's excited about that. She's but like, oh boy, what do I do? I gotta talk to George about this stuff. And you can see she's not thrilled about it. No. And we get a lot of episodes of George and Bertha making out this episode too. A lot of little spats. Yeah, just a little bit. And George says to her like. Hey, don't you don't you want to make it the Met? This is your pride and joy. This is your mm-hmm. opportunity to be at the top of the table for this whole thing. Um, I thought it was interesting. There was no mention of Turner or Winterton this episode at all. By the way, they're saving the herb for next week. I bet could be, but she's got something big up her sleeve. Yeah, and so there's a, a charity event the, that Miss Fane is hosting because we got to find a way to shove the Aurora Fane into these episodes. Yep, and we, Fish too. The two of them, maybe Fish, even though they have nothing much to do. Uh, and Aster makes a big point to say. Look at the new member of the Academy, y'all. And everyone's like, really? You? And Bertha's like, no. Nah. <laughs> Not happening. Not doing it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, and Aurora gets up and leaves. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and was it uh, Astor's like, come on, really? And Bertha says, what'd you expect? Nah. And yeah, I, I hope I'm, you're embarrassed. <laughs> and she's, she's like, like, I don't want to I don't want to embarrass you. And uh, Astor's like, well, you really don't do a good job showing that. Yeah, yeah. so good. She snaps. Uh, you wonder now, because Aster's going to come first even harder next week. Well, she's already this. started. The assault onslaught comes on later in the episode. Oh, talk about it. We're at this party for the unveiling of the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And who's there? The Duke. This guy just keeps popping up in town. He's got nothing better going on. Mm-hmm. And you think about it. If this is a two-month time frame, how many... Trips is this guy making across the I don't waters. think he's going. I think he's just staying there. <laughs> yeah. He's probably just like going to Jersey for the week. She's like, I just got to hide. <laughs> That's true. So I can re-debut every week. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we think the Astor may poach the Duke. That's at risk. Yeah, and we see Bertha's like, oh my God, he's here. How How is he coming to the, mm-hmm. the Met? Or, and, and they're just like, don't worry about it. Yeah. It's going to be fine. So a lot of that's left on ice until next week. But it's clearly going to reach its... And not to mention, not only is Aster gunning for the Duke, Winterton is gunning for the Duke too, and mm-hmm. Bertha. So this... Meanwhile, the Duke is gunning for Gladys. But yeah, of all people. That's going to be the ace and hole. You know it's got to come back to that next yeah. week. Yeah. It's got to... Well, 
Maybe not because Bertha might. Bertha, I can see Bertha taking the L this season. Wow. Oh, that's true because she did. Because get we a w. know that the mat doesn't hit immediately, so mm-hmm. it could be things take time. Right. Do we even have the opening next week? Because <laughs> that's true. The the thing could could push to whenever. Who knows? Uh, so that's going on. And while we're talking about the the Russells and the bridge opening, Larry. Yeah. He brings over... Almost like a, a, a superhero reveal this episode where Mr. Russell has called for you. Yeah, this Tate fellow who's on the board or the committee of the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And he walks and he goes, oh, I thought I was going to be your father. And he says, oh, no, it's me. The horn dog, Larry. <laughs> Where's your wife? <laughs> Where's Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Robin? Tate. <laughs> Tate. But uh, The president's coming. Yeah, and they make a certain point to not say which president. Yeah, and it was like, wait a minute, is it the president of the organization? Is it the president of the United States? They keep saying Mr. President, so I think we're led to believe it is the president. It is the president, and if I'm to understand cor- correctly, it's uh, Arthur, Pre- uh, that that President what? Arthur. Yeah, so not not one of our special ones. Um, that's why know. they didn't spend time with it. Because yeah, next one's Garfield. They definitely would have said Garfield if he was coming mm-hmm. through, but oh, yeah. Arthur not as much. Uh, but Larry is making the point that Miss Roebling deserves her flowers because she held this up. And we were wrong a few episodes ago. We said Mr. Roebling's dead. And that's because I look at Wikipedia page wrong. And this is why you shouldn't trust us listeners all the time. Okay. Uh, but the plans had started with Mr. Roebling's father. And he died. He died. And Mr. Roebling himself became sick. And that's why Miss Roebling then took over. But Mr. Roebling was never out of the picture. But then I don't think stop Larry from thinking, humming a humming, I could get something with this woman here. But either way, <laughs> he'll, he'll wreck a home. He'll do it. <laughs> he will do it. Um, he wants to give her, her flowers, and they're saying, nah, we can't do it. Can't do it, even with the president in the, the their presence. No. And so they're, they're all there. And, and the Duke of Buckingham's there, too. You can't yeah. do that. So they, they say, okay, we're going to give George Russell the microphone. He's the first one to make a toast. And do, George, smooth operator George, goes, I'm, I'm giving my time to my boy. <laughs> and Larry gets up and he's he t- tells the story of mm-hmm. Mrs. Roebling. He says this is what you this is what she did. Yeah. Her accomplishments, her achievements. Let's raise a toast to her. And you see, and you think you you hear like a huh? Even Mr. Roebling, who they showed, but they don't really identify as sitting there like yeah, guy huh? in a wheelchair. <laughs> what? What if the what if the reveal was he actually is the genius and Mrs. Roebling was just doing busy work? Oh man, I was kind of hoping Larry would just go one step further and say, "And hey, my new." Girlfriend. My new girl over here. <laughs> Miss Roebling. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone raises a glass for Miss Roebling and they tell him afterwards, like, you know, we can't really report this news widely, right? <laughs> I don't And he's think. like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And she, well, she's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So good on Roebling. And yeah, it just really captures a moment in history. They they have the whole centerpiece at the end of this episode, the unveiling of the Brooklyn Bridge. It's, it is an exciting time. It really did connect, you know, Brooklyn to Manhattan without having to deal with the boats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now today, it's an overcrowded uh, tourist trap that is hell on earth if you ever are there on a Saturday afternoon or in the middle of the day, any day mm-hmm. of the week. I drove across it once and I don't think I ever have to do it again. Driving's different. Walking. Well, you're just sitting on it for like 25 minutes. It's terrible. And the people still choose to ride their bikes. And it's like, what are you doing? Do you understand mm-hmm. this is a tourist attraction? But it's the tourist attraction of riding. No, no. I, can just, <laughs> I, I avoid it at all costs if it's after 9 a.m. Uh, before 9 a.m. it's a party, though. Okay, uh, <laughs> sure. I'll tell you that. Um, so we covered the Russells. Gladys yep. just kind of hovers this whole episode. Yep. Um, Ada and Forte? 
Because I mean, we we do see that there's a brunch for or a party for Marion and oh, right. Ra- um, Dashiell. Right. Not much is happening aside from the fact that Agnes is like, we got to get them married soon. And that's really all we get. We're going to have Forte at the wedding officiating. It's going to be at his church. Well, Forte makes the comment where he's like, I'll do it. And then you hear him. <laughs> also, ah, I, want, I want to make a comment just as a, uh, as a human here. At one point, multiple points in this episode, Marion refers to Forte as Uncle Luke. Now, maybe this yeah. is just um, the way that I was raised as... as as someone who has had um, uncles and aunts marry later in life, mm-hmm. the norm that I was always taught growing up was that if your uncle or aunt marries the aunt or uncle of their spouse, like you don't call them aunt or no. uncle Luke. Yeah. You just call him like Reverend Forte, but she's like, my Uncle Luke, he's been your uncle for like three days. Yeah. Marian. Calm down here. So I just think it was really, she's very, her naivete comes out in very strange times. I mean, she she teaches for three days and she's like, I'm a teacher. She's been a teacher for six weeks. It's and like, she's convincing Irish people to come at black school. So maybe she is the best teacher in the world. She's an instructor. And about to be true. People, correct us if we're wrong. You know, if you if you respect Marion as a teacher, let us know. We'll be more respectful of Marion as a teacher. I will say I respect her more as a teacher than Dashiell does. That That's true. That is fair. She does. She is there for the kids. She cares about the kids. And the adults that she's teaching English to or whatever. Uh, she does have the sense, I think, to say to Dashiell this episode. Marion does like, Francis being involved with all this. I don't know. That's a lot <laughs> to put on her. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to comment on this episode between the two yeah, of them. Yeah, that's, that's all we get from them. Heavy sighs, and then she bumps into Larry at the end of this episode, and he's oh, like, yeah. hey there, honey. Uh, right after Dasha leaves, too. Yeah. And she's like, I don't got time. And he's like, well, I got plenty of time. Let's go for a walk. I got my cane. And and she's like, let's go. It looks like Larry just never stopped partying the night before. Well, I think because Dasha leaves the house and it's daylight. Yeah. I think that's what, what happens is they just party all night. Well, I mean, we saw him a few weeks ago partying all night. Oh, Larry, yeah. Yeah, so he's just got booze on his breath still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go. Wouldn't be the only one this week. Yeah. So. But I guess now I think we can get to Forte and the Fortes, rather, because it's Ada and mm-hmm. Luke. This is a, he really put the put the car in high gear to finish this story this week. Roll my eyes so hard here. Uh yeah, Luke is wishing them well. He's going to be there, but he's sick. He can't even get up out of his chair without keeling over. Yeah, not even just keeling. Like, it's a scene. It's literally like when a wrestler in a WWE match gets hit with, like, a chair, and then he tries to get back up, like an under, like the Undertaker in one of his latter-day matches, and then just keels right back yeah, over after. too old for this. Yeah, he can't take it anymore. Um, and this is where, like, they were trying to make the point of, like, no, I want to be at home. Because we do see a scene of Ada and him at the home. Yeah, like, the rectory. Yeah, we're not leaving here. And then he falls over when they're having this luncheon, and they're like, no, you can't leave here. Yeah, this is where you will. And he's like, oh, no, I hate being here. <laughs> I'm not with, here. Yeah, I'm not with God. But come on now. Agnes can't stand me. Um, and the, unfortunately, there's no, you know, the, 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 just the recurring thing we hear from Agnes, Ada, and Luke is that they're so grateful that they had the opportunity to be there for each other. And mm. Ada got to experience love for the first time. And Agnes is thanking Luke for that. And I thought that was touching, at least that scene where she yeah, sits the, by his bed. and The Agnes and Forte scene is great. And, and, and it is sad that we can't get like a nugget of something yeah. deeper. 
they really just burned through this whole plot line. <laughs> uh, you know what Julian was probably like? I've, I've dangled the pernicious anemia. Yeah. And too many Downton characters for me to let this guy off the hook. I watched this episode with my mom and she was like, was this a major character? And I was like, no, <laughs> not really. But he like, was. Yeah. Major, uh, you know, he, it's attached to the major character. Yeah, it, it happened. Uh, it's a shame. Thanks, Julian, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for letting Robert Sean Leonard cash a check. I guess so. Uh, more Cynthia Nixon crying. She, you know, her tan was really pronounced this episode. She really looked a little orange. So she, well, that's that Niagara Falls tan. Yeah, that's that forte shine. That's that April <laughs> or early May tan. Yeah, I, I did find it to be a bit of a choice when they cut from the per, the the fireworks fading into him laying in bed there. <laughs> I was like. Oh, man. He likes his melancholy. Julian likes his happy with his sad. It's too on the nose. I, I wish he could have seen some of those fireworks, though. Yeah, I thought that would have been a really... If, like, the window's open and he's looking out and he's like, look at those fireworks. The world Something. is connected. Have, like, one line instead of yeah. just, like... I mean, it was a nice scene that, you know, uh, they were... they. She was, you know, so gassed she fell asleep right. on him and wakes up and he's gone. I don't think there's any vantage point from where they are to where he could have seen those fireworks, but Doesn't still matter. have them on the rooftop. <laughs> Make it work. Yeah. And there's also the the moment where it gets his last rites read to him where he is taking over for the priest that is uh, stumbling and fumbling over the words. And we see yeah. like, and he says, uh, you know, if, we're, if you're a believer like me to the priest, he's like, you know, this is the, a reward. I'm, I'm getting my reward in a couple hours. And it's like, no man, you know, your wife's right here, my friend. Yeah. You were just saying <laughs> she was your reward, brother. Get it straight. Um, but, they send him off well. Peace to be with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for everything, Forte. Yeah. Loved you in-house. Yep. So I think we're just left with our our, our man, Oscar. Oh, brother. This is like... This a, was a... This, he did it. Julian did did what I didn't think he would do. He he, he went crazy. No, he went, he went Thomas Barrow on him. He went beyond Barrow. No, this is literally the same thing that happened to Thomas Barrow where he invested in all that stuff and it was just plaster and it was just money and he's broke. <laughs> well, he did the way the way that he did this. So, you know, well, we're 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 analyzing before Let's, laying yeah, it out for our it. listeners. Oscar goes to the this company. He well, he sees George Russell in the street and he goes, "I just want to, you know, has nothing to do with Gladys. I just want to come yeah. talk to you man to man because I'm investing in this rail, one of your competitors." The goes, Chicago Atlantic Railway. He says, George is like, I am invested in every single one of my competitors. I don't, I don't know who the heck that is. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> so then Oscar bolts to the mm-hmm. office and it's empty. It's like out of a cartoon. Like what? And there's a security guard that's like, no one was ever here. <laughs> like was this a Twilight Zone? It's so like obviously there was someone there. It's not just like what? <laughs> and you're not even like they moved out yesterday, sir. It's like. No one's here. And they even do the effect where they use like a fish lens to like make him look like he's crazy. Like, what? I'm losing my mind. And uh, then he goes to Mont Beaton's house. He's running through the streets like a madman. Mont Beaton isn't never was never at that house. Right. It's uh the whipholes or something like that. And they're like, You need to leave, sir. We're gonna call the cops. And I, I said it last week that as long as Maude wasn't innocent and all this, I would have been okay. No, 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 no. Dude, she got me. I, she I, got all of us. I totally believe she was the real deal. I felt for her. She seemed sweet. If she, if her face appeared on screen once this episode, she might have been number one in my power rankings. As what? As as pulling this con. Uh-huh. 
And yeah, he doesn't know what to do. He he runs into the luncheon and sees Aurora Fane, and he's just like, Miss Fane, cousin, what happened here? We gotta talk. You said she was as good as it gets. And she's like, Yeah, she was a friend. Where did she come from? <laughs> what do you mean? And we get Mamie Fish saying, this is really thrilling. She's like, oh my. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love that, Mamie. Um, so Oscar's missing. Even we see Agnes being like, where's Oscar? Hey, Marion, Dashiell, anyone. Find him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need Oscar to be here for uh, the, what you call it? The, the bridge the, and the, bridge. The, the dying uncle. Yeah. Uh, but he goes to see John Adams instead. Uh, not the political guy from 100 years ago, his friend John Adams. And he's like, can the police prove that something went wrong? That this company that you invested in is uh He's like, no, I'm fraud? screwed. Yeah. And so they hang out because John Adams is like, I'm not catching a cab to that Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> uh, and they get, they get three sheets to the wind drunk. Yep. And they have a nice conversation where I believe George or Oscar is like, like, I would have been happy. And he's like, would you have been happy? He's like, I would have been as happy as I could be. Yeah. They definitely seemed like they had real chemistry between the two of them. So I do feel for him. Like, there was something that was there. Um, as much as it can be. And so Agnes wakes up. And we start from, like, the camera, like, behind Oscar. Because he's sitting there. He's, he's just waking up, too. And he lets her know that he made a bad mistake. And the mistake involves her. And she's like, how much money? And he's like, a great dividend, a large dividend, a great deal. How much money? I mean, you know, that mod beat in person? She she doesn't exist. How much money? Most of it. Yeah, most of it, yeah. Like, lost all, he lost all her money, man. Which is wild. How dumb can you be? Like, there's a reason why you haven't gotten the keys to the castle yet, brother. Dummy. You, you, what else can you say? This poor guy. Lord, well, we knew he was going to get swindled, but we thought that at least love would come out. Or, or well, I guess that's the it feels like punishment. Yeah, like, it feels like Julian. Not he's punishing him for being gay, but it's hard to not look at it. He like He did that. the same thing to Tom Barrow, <laughs> the the evil gay man of Down Abbey, where he just made him lose all of his money from an investment in like what food that was left over from the war. Yeah, war rations. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like bags of sand. It's like Julian. Why do you got to do this to these characters? Like, come on, man. You could have picked any other character. Yeah. Could have been Marion. Marion Mr. Rakes and having that happen. It could have been Rakes is still in the show and does this if you want this to be a plot. But man. Well, I mean, now obviously we're in a world where the Van Ryan money is gone for the moment. I do like the Agnes. Like, you have to get it back. And he's like, it's gone. But she's going to hammer home. You have to get it back. And I think that's what we're setting up for the finale, right? He's got to get it back. It's got to get back. But is he going to be the one that gets it back? Or is Trotter going to be the one that gets it back? <laughs> hey, I've been in this clock. How you doing, Mob Beaton? You want to get into this business? And uh, Agnes is like, oh, I'm a ground floor investor. I would like to get oh, Agnes gets in on that. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that is... What an episode. That was a slobber knocker. My jaw was slack at the end of the episode, just finding out that reveal. Like, wait, what? There's no money? Because you don't you don't see how much he gives. Right. You know it's a lot, but you can't gamble it all away. We got to have the Van Ryan household. And also, like, for the sake of argument, Maude Beaton doesn't do much in this con. No, because he they go and she brings in George as a somewhat well no George volunteers to go, mm-hmm. and, not George and, Oscar Oscar yeah sorry Oscar is like Jared I'll go to asshole. do this to like help you because you're naive and and you're you know you're out of your your element here, and he goes and he's like well what is this I'll put a little bit in, and then he's like I'll put a little more in. 
But there's no... And, and I think the big reveal here that we all thought was going to happen was that he was going to reveal to Maud Beaton, like, hey, I did all this for us. And she was going to be like, oh, no, that's terrible. But instead, she's like, oh, no, I've been in on it the whole time. What if the reveal is that she wasn't in on it and it's all, uh, you know... No, she there's no, that would be a, that, like a triple turn from Julian. Yeah. Uh, no, couldn't take it. Yeah. Well, this is a fantastic episode, I thought. This is a great tee-up for the finale. Yes, absolutely. I am so ready for it. Uh we got power rankings, though. We do. You want to start us off this week? Yeah. Number one going down, I got George. You mean number three? At number three going down, I got George. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the man uh, has got the whole u- uh, union. He's not entirely pleased. They'll take it. But he's got the whole railway people mad at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just, this is the repercussions of what you you did last week, George. And people are not happy with you, man. He's got a, I, If he didn't have a plan, I would be a little bit more in agreement with you. But. Yeah. Also, I, I know we talked about last week that uh, the actor who plays George, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Morgan Spector. Mm-hmm. Jacked man. Jack, I, there's like something on his Instagram where he had his shirt off. The tattoo on his back is something serious. Jeez. Oh, yeah. You saw it? Yeah. It's like a painting. It's like, what? It's just brush strokes. It's crazy. Well, also, the big thing that leaked before we jump into my power rankings, this week on Reddit and on Twitter and Instagram was the fact that these guys basically wear tank tops under their oh, jackets. Yeah. So a lot of arms out. Yeah, guns out. Be afraid of Morgan Spector. <laughs> yeah, between filming, their guns are out. Oscar ain't afraid to show them. Mm-hmm. Well, going down to number three, no guns involved. It's Miss Astor. Sure. She puts herself out and she goes, look, I've got a solution to all this. It's going to be, we get Bertha in. She calls off this little charade. Game over. Yep. You know, we shake hands. We move on. Yeah. Bertha says, uh-uh. I put in too much work for you to beat me. Yeah. And then she gets up at a party and then we know we know like how serious all of these rituals are. Yeah. For Astor to get up and walk out of a party clearly because Bertha outwitted her mm-hmm. is a massive L for her. Yeah. So that's where she goes. That's fair. Although I feel like she has a trick up her sleeve. So she didn't make my rankings. But I got Luke Forte and Ada at number two. Yeah, that's an easy tie. I didn't put him on the down rankings because I thought he had more time last week. But uh, or, or I didn't have him Grand number closer. one down. Uh, I didn't have him number one going down. But yeah, he's definitely going down Forte because six feet down. <laughs> but he's also going up. He's going up. Yeah, to, it, to great according priorities. to what he believes, he's going up. Yeah, uh, so good for him. But yeah, t- hard times for all of them. Hard times for Ada. Like Absolutely. Ada doesn't deserve this. And I think no. that's the one thing. That's one quote that I gave to to Scotty at CNN that she did not use was that I don't want anyone to hurt either of those two. And Julian just said, "No, I want I want to hurt both." He took of them. a bat <laughs> to the relationship. Yeah, it's like the Walking Dead. He just like you know, not just one skull. And we're crushing. We're and crushing two. You go on Reddit, and people are just like, "Why? Why, Julian? Why?" That's just he how he's sitting at home with a smile on his face. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm making Downton Abbey three, baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, number one going down is very clear. It's Oscar. So this boy, he's made bad choices. He messed it all up for everyone. And he's got a long way to climb out of that hole, man. This is, I was almost worrying, like, is this going to be him, like, taking his life because nothing's going his way at all? Uh-huh. Like, this is very as nadir as it can be for him, man. This is bad. And we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if he can get some redemption. But, uh, Dave, who do you got going up? Going up at number three, I got, you can, you can call him Collier, you can call him Watson, you can call him. A retired banker. You could. You could indeed. And hopefully we will. What a, yeah. what a one-scene victory. For an episode, there's not a lot of positivity in this yeah. episode. So our man, Watson, I think he deserved it. Okay. Well, number three, I got Jack Trotta. Okay. 
This guy invented the piece to a clock and got accepted into an elite society a of clockmakers. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, do keg stands with the other clockmakers. Just Evan Bison's just pouring it on Jack Trotter. Uh, but he can re, re uh, and litigate his uh, patent, patent, and then hopefully yeah. uh, make some money off that. So good for Trotter. All right, good for him. Well, number two, I got Larry. Okay, this guy swings, and I think this is the first time we've seen the George mm. come out of Larry. Where Tate walks in and he's like, nah, it's not going to happen, man. Nice yeah. try. See yeah. you later. And then at the, the unveiling or the bridge party, he's just like, hey, everybody. <laughs> screw you. I'm cool. Bye. Yeah. This woman is awesome. Older ladies. That's what I like. <laughs> and then he ends the episode with Mary. And he goes, let me take you for a walk, even though your fiance just drove away. Yeah, he could probably see me in the rear view. That's how I like it. <laughs> Uh, good week for Larry and the, everyone always notes that the curl of his hair this week is very pronounced the curl of his hair in front mm-hmm. of his face uh, number two I got Watson for the same reasons you were saying Dave he's just so happy this guy has got a win and uh, I really felt for him in that moment yeah so I'm, I'm happy for Watson moving on up to the east side yeah uh, to that great old big apartment in the sky now Dave who is number one for you it's Trotter baby okay it's the clock man <laughs> it's ticking yeah uh I mean, just everything you like. This guy has been working all season. Yeah. On this dang clock. It's true. And this guy comes in and says that he's smarter than every other clockmaker in this clockmakers club. Yeah. Big win for Trotter. Everything is in front of him. I just want to know where it all leads. I need mm-hmm. the end. I need to know that he gets the happy end. He makes the time bomb. <laughs> okay, I was not going there. Uh, that I invented something new. That that is the danger <laughs> of this. Oppenheimer. Yeah, he made a ticking time. Something that could be used for that at least. Uh, well, number one for me, it's the person we don't see. It's Mod Beaton. You, okay. I got to go. Because, I mean, well, Oscar is... Enterprises, whatever they're... Yeah, he has ruined. And he literally, he's been gaslighted into thinking this person even exists. You can't find her. There's there's nothing but just like, was it just the dust uh, where uh, around where things were sitting? And we don't know where she lived. No. We don't know how. Always when you meet someone, make sure that they're exiting the place they're in, not standing in front of it. What are you yeah. doing? That's like that's like rom com one hundred and one. You drop drop them off at the wrong house. Yeah, you got us all twisted here, man. Like, and you know, she had to be casing the whole thing. She had to mark him like there's opportunity with this guy. She was talking to Rara Fane, I bet you, trying to figure out who is the most. Yeah, made, did look- Fane screw Oscar? That's because I think there's yeah. also a lot of online discourse about Aurora Fane. Oh yeah, and her just sort of presence in the show. So. Who knows? Because that's the thing. You got to do your due diligence over a frame before you introduce people to mm-hmm. certain people. And who knows? Maybe she's the one who's going to be owing the Van Ryan some money for what she did. I hope. <laughs> we'll maybe see. the fans take over. Well, or maybe it was just an investment, the opportunity that George missed, and they actually exist, and they will be coming back. We'll find out. We'll find out. Well, that's this week. Yeah, the Gilded Age. What have you been watching otherwise, Corey? Anything good? Not a damn thing, but we did go to a wrestling event this past weekend. Yes, we did. <laughs> the WWE NXT Deadline. And I hadn't seen this event last year, but it's, the whole stipulation is that there's a bunch of people in the ring, they pin each other, and then you get a 90-second penalty where they put you in a box. Uh-huh. And then they could stack the box with people as you rack up more pins in the ring and you send them to the box. Yep. It was fun. It was a blast. Yeah. Great, I mean, Bridgeport, great venue. Yeah. Got some real wrestling superstars, Rey Mysterio, Shawn Michaels, CM, CM Punk. Punk. Got to yell, whoop that trick a lot for yep. Trick Williams. Uh, it, yeah, we, it was a fun event. Yeah. A, a man rode out on a motorcycle called Baron Corbin. And he, then he went to the Chiefs game the next day. With Taylor Swift, Baron Corbin, he's a, he's a star. He's a star. He's and, a stud. 
Yeah, and we had good seats too, where we could just pop out out of the top row, get some booze, pop back in, keep mm-hmm. watching. Yeah, fun times. That's the way it is. And in December, when it's hard to come by good live events, that was that was a really good one. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for for uh, half the arena being empty, wasn't as, as electric as it could have been. Their but loss. It was a, yeah, their loss. Exactly. Dave, you been watching anything? Yeah, I actually did watch something that I was saving because I could have discussed it with our friend group. Sure. I watched. A, I checked a Christmas movie off the bucket list that I have never seen in my life that I think is big with our audience. Tell me about it. Movie called Love Actually. You'd never seen it. I'd never seen it, and I watched it for the first time. But you'd seen the DVD opening credits. Yep. The yep. Because <laughs> there was a house party one time where people fell asleep, and the DVD on the DVD player was just Love it was Actually a Christmas party. Yeah. Yep. Were you at that party? I was not. But okay. I heard about how the Love Actually menu played all night as you fell asleep. All night, and it was a college party, so we all had a. <laughs> Had our fair share of uh, what Peggy and T. Thomas Fortune were drinking in this episode. Why didn't you turn the TV off? I, I didn't realize it until because you would come <laughs> up and you'd go, you know, you'd have your your peaks and valleys of yeah. consciousness, and it was just on all night. So I, but thankfully it's on Netflix, so I didn't have sure. to hear the DVD music. Okay, I'm sure if you put that DVD music on, I would have a headache <laughs> immediately. What'd but you think? I thought I. I mean, I think it's it's kind of an unfair Christmas movie because there's a okay. lot of downer stuff in that movie. Well, I think that's the where people stand with it today. They just, could, could they just jettison the negative uh, stories and just keep the positive ones? Yeah, and and I think there's a it, it's one of you ever watch those movies where you're like everyone needs to go to therapy. Yeah, that's love actually. Like, I, I think the one that sticks in people's craw is Alan Rickman Emma Thompson. Oh my god, one, yeah, where it's just all kinds of wrong every which way. With the Mr. Bean part, like. I'm not yeah. laughing at this. This makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. You just hate Alan Rickman. You feel for Emma Thomas, Emma Thompson. And it's just like, man, well, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I my favorite must have been, uh, I mean, the Colin Firth is very cute. You, you know, oh, that, a, that's the fault. You, you love that one. I love that one. A lot of our guys. A lot of yeah. Lords of Grantham guys in that movie. He also jumps into a lake in that, in that too. Yep. And yeah. Laura Linney. Laura, from uh, Master another Classic. sad one, but she she's so good in this movie, and it's so sad to see her storyline. Oh, so sad, <laughs> like what the heck? Like, no, that she and I, so else if you haven't seen Love Actually and you're watch, listening to our podcast, fifty five minutes into it, check it out. I'm gonna spoil a little bit of it. Okay, she's with this guy and that she's been in love with, as Alan Rickman points out, mm-hmm. for over a, a year. Yeah, and and she gets that they they connect. And yep. then they start to hook up, and then she winds up going to the the hospital where her brother is. That's ripe moment for this guy to be like, "I accept you yeah. and your family trauma, and I will be a part of." You. No, she he's just like deuces, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I wanted you right now, but all right, so that's how it goes. Your brother first, bye bye. Yeah, I, was, I mean it's it's good. I I don't know if I would put it in the rotation. Hugh Grant is charming as he oh, always absolutely. is in the movie. Hugh, Hugh Grant is great. That's and Liam Neeson with his son is so touching. Yeah, yeah. Like that's oh a good man. One. I blame that movie for uh, projecting Mariah Carey's song back into the ether years later. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great song, but man, they that movie really gave it some oomph with the girl singing it at the end. And that's a it's a hard R Christmas movie. Oh yeah, the porn set that's a great one. You don't get that kind of movie. <laughs> no, well, that's Very part of the charm. Often. It's just like it's it feels real, even if it is too real. Uh, yeah, well, just the, the the humor, the swearing, the nudity. It's like, yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Very British. You got Dido playing. Yeah, uh, that storyline with Rick from The Walking Dead hitting on the barely eighteen Kira Knightley. <laughs> yeah, married to uh, his best not friend. Not okay, right? Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah, come on, bro. Um, good movie though. Long movie. 
It is a long could movie. Have, you could have cut Rickman and Emma Thompson. You could all watch in like YouTube scenes of the yeah. stories you want. Yeah. Uh, I heard they're working on a sequel potentially. Well, there was like that Red Nose Day. There one. was a Red Nose Day, but I think it was talking about like either these characters or new stories or something like that. Um, well, but, I mean, they're all still like they're all still viable, you know. I don't know. Rickman's gone. Liam Neeson is he viable? Uh, well, we don't want Rickman back. Well, he's gone. Yeah, uh, you would hope he made it right, but Neeson uh, and Christmas Star Neeson is that kind of grump. Yeah, we're, we're, Bill we're Nye will do it. Yeah, uh, but I mean that that writer is the same one who did About Time, which is a movie you love. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I welcome it if they do another. But yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, so I mean, I figured that was worth chatting because it's definitely Lords of Grant the bait. I know I was I was going to check off the holiday until I saw that you have to pay for it right now. I was like, oh. I watched the holiday last year for the first time. Should I wait? Yeah. I, <laughs> so the, here's the thing about the holiday that 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 drove me up a wall. Mm-hmm. They skirt over Christmas. Oh, they, it's it all about even the Christmas season, but okay. we don't live in Christmas with them. Oh. Uh, but they might. There's rumors of a sequel to that. So that, about actually Christmas. About the single day. So they're gonna <laughs> okay. get 55 year old Jack Black to reprise his role. Why not? And he's on fire. So yeah, let's do it. But I mean, watch it. If I say if your if your mom wants to watch your mom, if that's a movie like you watch with someone that likes that. Kind I don't of think movie. she likes that movie. Okay. I think she'd seen it. She didn't care for okay. it. Okay. Well then, so I have don't to find rush. another Christmas movie though. Uh, all right. Well, that's this week on the podcast. We'll be here next week to talk about the finale. Whew. But you know where to find us: Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, Lord's Grantham at gmail.com. Leave us five star rating and review if you so choose on our Spotify or iTunes or wherever you have us. And subscribe to our Patreon. We have a vibrant Lord's Grantham Lounge, and we'll be posting extra content and uh, Podbean for all our episodes. And we'll catch you next time on the pod. Yeah.